0: Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, ratting, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena hi folks it's rena Jadav here welcome to another episode of getting healthier and we've got dr valencia ray back by popular demand and today we're talking about women's health valencia welcome thanks
1: thanks rena i'm always excited to share
0: yes you are and you're very good at sharing and today we're going to be asking you a lot of questions But let's start with the basic question that's come in from so many women my age, right? So women that are just almost 50 or those who just crossed 50, right? So that age band, I think from like 40 to 60 or 45 to 55, when women start to just experience just a slew of symptoms, it could be fatigue, aches and pains, brain fog. Brain fog is a big one uh to you know autoimmune symptoms why 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 do women go through this i don't hear a lot of men going through these experiences
1: yeah well i've been through it and i live to tell so (laughs) it's it's that big drop off in estrogen and all the changes around the dynamics of estrogen and progesterone it it really matters i mean it starts it's a slow um, transformation but then the with the average age of menopause being around 51 52 you know to your point it's something about that crossing of that line and then as you go through menopause meaning you've have stopped your menstruation for a solid year Mm -hmm. and now you're you know officially in menopause it doesn't just stop there it can continue to, as your body and your tissues and the estrogen declines, while well, estrogen is important for brain, memory is important for so many things, even including, uh, for example, absorption of magnesium in your cells. And if you have some pre-existing genetic issues, which is another layer that I've learned as I've become deeper into functional medicine, I do nutrition genomics, and estrogen is a part of the, dementia panel, the Alzheimer's panel, because uh, as um, Dale Bredesen did in his work, has shown Mm -hmm. in his work, Mm -hmm. that Alzheimer's is not just something that randomly happens to people out the blue just because you're aging. It doesn't even have to necessarily be connected to that infamous Alzheimer's gene. It can be due to issues in how you Metabolize your estrogen, or um, if you have other issues in your bodies or, uh, around like the cytokines that you're hearing about, the inflammatory uh, genes that can upregulate inflammation, and so there's it's very multifaceted. And where I wanted to focus today, because you can you know certainly go in so many different directions, and they do integrate at points. Is this focus on hormones and menopause? And the annoying symptoms that you're talking about, and really bring this empowerment conversation of what's often left out as well is emotional resiliency. Mm-hmm. Because what I want to bring up are these four key stressors, and a bit of 25%, you know, it's four of them. One of them is this ideal around emotion and mind and taking back the steering wheel of our mind because that actually still triggers in our body ultimately, our adrenal stress center, which is like the hub of these different symptoms that can happen because when your estrogen starts dropping off and you're getting these hormone changes, your body tends to be less able to just auto-correct itself or you're you're more sensitive to alcohol metabolism and you're... you're you're less likely to have that full good night's sleep. And so now that gets dysregulated. So it just sets off a chain reaction.
0: It sure does. And this chain reaction seems to last into eternity. Um, There's some women, and I can speak from experience, there's some family members that really never recovered and their life just never went back to normal. So let's start at the basics. What What is the first thing that a woman who's starting to see a series of symptoms, what do you recommend they do?
1: Okay. So I see this a lot, and, and this is even my own story. Uh, before I, I went through menopause, I wasn't in functional medicine yet. And so I was still stuck in the traditional you know, medical care system. And I noticed that, for example, um, I always had a problem with cold hands and feet, but it got really worse. I noticed um, all of a sudden my hair was falling out. And my skin was drying up, and this didn't happen right like right at menopause. It kind of trickled in there in the in the few years after. It was getting worse and worse. I noticed for the first time in my life, I started getting belly fat. Never had I just that was one thing I just knew I wouldn't have any issue with. And I started getting belly fat, and my dresses started being too tight. I couldn't wear them. I you know split a couple of slits in the back of my dresses and couldn't wear them anymore like what the heck is going on so when i would get here's one common example is i would get my thyroid test and it was always called normal or you know like all of my tests all all my mm-hmm. tests across the board would be like normal and it's like i'm having all the symptoms of hypothyroidism, but my test is normal. All right, so as time- And why is that? Is that because
0: the tests are wrong or because the body isn't giving or we're testing it wrong? I mean, Why is that?
1: The tests are wrong, but we're not testing it correctly. So if you're just looking at a TSH and a T4, first of all, it's not enough information. Secondly, the standard in traditional medicine says that a normal TSH can go all the way up to, you know, nearly five, I know, whereas in, in uh, the the studies have shown, like, the way they got the data for what the norms are is from the general population, and that included people with hypothyroidism, and, you know, they weren't the healthiest group, and it's been already shown that that's not the good standard, okay? The correct standard, for example, has a normal TSH more like two or less. Okay. And so if you look at it from that point of view, number one, it changes all the data points. Number two, uh, you want to, uh, you know, understand TSH is not the greatest marker because there are certain things that can make it high or low or or, uh, if you have a communication issue, you know, between the uh, pituitary gland and the TSH just, from different maybe inflammatory responses that are going on within your system, a small percentage of people, the TSH isn't even a great marker. But the key is looking at your free T3 as well. And a healthy, robust free T3 is more like 3 to 3.5, whereas I was my, my free T3 was like 2.2. And my TSH was like three point something. Well, in functional medicine, that's hypothyroidism until proven okay. otherwise. You need to look at that. So as I looked at it from that different lens, I could see where, oh, okay, number one, hypothyroidism was there. But where did that come from? One of the greatest sources that it comes from is stress. I, I'm on a message. I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on a mission now to help people understand stress is the central hub and then all these spokes come out from it because stress is going to that cortisol is going to affect the functionality of your thyroid yeah in the first place even if you you know you don't have to have thyroid running in your family i don't you know per se but what i do know is that in addition to the stress over the years and the dysregulation and you know when i was an eye surgeon and i'm doing a gazillion things and i'm raising my <laughs> My family and all of these things are going on. In addition to that, I found out when I started studying and helping people with their genes, I have this uh, what's called a gene SNP, which means one of the little amino acids on my DNA for that gene that converts the inactive T4 to T3, I have a little weakness there.
0: Mm.
1: So it's not the most robust to begin with. So you take that you put it with extra cortisol. You put it to the fact that I used to go to bed at midnight and get up at 4.30. You know, my circadian rhythm is thrown off. Now my estrogen is really low. So I don't have the reserves that I used to. You start manifesting the, the hypothyroidism. Cold hands, feet gets worse. Hair falls out. Skin dries up. You know, body starts drying up with no estrogen as well. And then there's the nutrition piece that you have to look at as well with the thyroid. So what I did was fix the nutrition piece, uh, uh, added uh, the area, I mean, the uh, element of a bioidentical combo thyroid that would have a 4 to 1 ratio of the T4 and the T3, especially for people who can't convert robustly to T3. Let's say the traditional synthoid may not help you because you're not even converting it. So you can see people on TV, uh, synthroid who aren't getting any better, really, because they may have a, a, a double gene snip even you know, on, on that particular gene. So it's it's a combination of the physical awareness of pulling out of the traditional thinking and addressing your body's needs, because women are living to what a hundred, <laughs> right? Oh, you just uh, muted. No, you're fine. Keep going. Oh, okay. So if women are living longer, why would we suffer for another 40 to 50 years after menopause? That just makes no sense. Uh, And I just focused on thyroid. If you are under a lot of stress, you're a busy woman, you're trying to, you know, have an impact and be of service. And you're not... And understanding what stress is, how to find a doctor who can help you to actually interpret your test appropriately, according to the more recent science, not the science of the 1980s when I went to medical school. <laughs> okay.
0: And you went to medical school. Tell everyone your background because we didn't go into that when we started.
1: Yeah, so I'm a medical doctor and I went through all of the training of you know the traditional system i thought that i was going to be an internist until i got into my internal medicine rotation and decided nope this isn't for me they're mostly just writing a lot of pills and this is in the 80s so it's triple time you know more now but i wasn't seeing the healing results and so fortunately for me when i did my general surgery rotation i was able to experience ophthalmology and at least i could certainly like reverse blindness with with you know surgery or prevent blindness and et cetera. So that's what I went into and I was able to fortunate enough to get a residency in that. And that's where my practice focused. But it also helped me tremendously for functional medicine. I had to do a, a year of internal medicine after I came out, before I started the ophthalmology, and because there's so much chronic disease, thyroid, you know, Hashimoto's ulcerative colitis, uh, autoimmune problems, diabetes that affect the eye, I had to know all about those chronic diseases anyway. And neurological di- diseases, multiple sclerosis, I used to manage that uh, in the early days, et-, et cetera. So it gave me a nice big round picture. And uh, I started over time in my own spiritual and personal journey, getting more and more aware of how food played a role, how spirituality played a role, getting free of being afraid of my emotions. That's something I really want to hopefully address today is how emotional resiliency directly ties to our menopausal experience directly. And the more we become aware of self-regulation of our emotions and making, I call it making friends with emotions, becoming more aware of your self-regulation and healing that, so that you can tap more deeply into your joy, your, your, that can be your default. Instead of fear and worry and anxiety being your default, you can retrain your brain and your emotional system to be more you know, focused on the, the positives in a realistic way. I mean, like there's a lot of positives in life all around us, and we don't notice that. Mm-hmm. That feeds back onto our hormonal system as well. Okay, because that's one uh, It's a very, very delicate
0: system and every thought, every emotion, I've been sleeping four hours a night and you know it shows, right? So um, stress absolutely takes its toll. There's no question about it. Uh, there's, there's some questions that have come in that I want to make sure we get those answered. Yeah. So a lot of women have sleep issues, insomnia, or they wake up multiple times at night what is that linked to and how can people fix their circadian rhythm again without resorting to the usual sleep aids
1: sleeping pills and etc okay so let's start with because uh, i went through this too um before i came in functional medicine i noticed i was wor- waking up on some nights it would be like two three o'clock and that can be from a, a couple advantage points you can look at. Number one, I, like, I learned in this transition of mine to uh, a little bit, just a little bit, about traditional Chinese medicine. And one of the things I found really interesting was that the meridians were like divided around the clock. And at between 11 and three is gallbladder and liver, and liver starts like one to three. So if your liver is overworking from toxins, that's the time you'd be more likely to wake up and have night sweats and et cetera. Uh, And I did not know that my occasional glass of red wine, when I say occasional, I was probably, you know, you're social, so maybe a couple times a week or something, I would wake up in night sweats and just almost feeling a little nauseated. And it wasn't until later that I realized, oh my goodness, how common this is for postmenopausal women, it's like, something about the, the estrogen and the drop off of your hormones can make it harder to detox even alcohol in your liver. So number one, there's those kinds of factors of uh, exogenous out there toxins that you, your liver is trying to work hard to deal with. This can wake you up at that time, and you can even attribute it to night sweats. But then there's also this drop off of your progesterone is really low, and your estrogen is really low. And progesterone, is tied to like GABA and the calming a- aspects of the brain neurotransmitters. So when that really tanks, you're more likely to be prone to anxiety and affecting your, your uh, sleep pattern. So that's one direct thing. Then there's just this whole issue of sleep hygiene. Again, we don't have the, as much resiliency after we lose our estrogen and progesterone, and men don't go through this. Right. So it's affecting our cognition, it's affecting our uh, body. And if you throw in stress, women have a lot of stress because we're often trying to be the caretaker, we work on a job, Uh, you know, in some family systems, the men still come home and kind of cool out. The woman is busy making dinner and taking care of the kids. Uh, That's on top of everything else. So if you have this pattern after a while, your adrenal system gets into this mode of what's called, so it's like a, uh, if you think of it as phase one, two, three of adrenal dysfunction, it gets into this mode where your adrenals, and I see this so commonly, instead of calming down in the evening, it's popping up. So the cortisol is actually on an upward swing. That disturbs your sleep. That disturbs your cognition. That can wake you up in the middle of the night. So if, that, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you are throwing off your circadian rhythm and you're stressed, which means you're probably dropping your melatonin on top of it, it just becomes like an, a vicious circle. And it will take a combination of detoxing and clearing up the liver intentionally and in a healthy way and using healthy products to get your liver going but then you also have to get a stress curve to realize exactly what's going on with your adrenals. So here I will say I wasn't able to really get on top of this, all these little annoying symptoms because I had no diagnosis per se. But these annoying symptoms, I, what really helped me to start getting on top of it was understanding the adrenals and the stress curves and how my... Sleep uh, behavior in the evenings, for example, going to bed too late, being on the computer or a phone too late, letting all that blue light go in and jack up my cortisol, um, how not replacing my um, estrogen and progesterone after menopause at that point. I, I did fix that later because it, it is, and you notice my hair grew back. Uh, <laughs> So it's Amazing. Well, it grew back. It was so bad at one time. I had to wear a wig for the first time in my life because I couldn't, it, it just was so brittlely dry and it was just, I mean, it was just like, it was one of the scariest things I had been through because I was so used to having healthy hair and all of a sudden just coming out in tangled, dry, clumpy stuff. It was unbelievable. So how uh,
0: did you fix it? Talk a little bit about what were the specific things and i always hear this from ladies saying get specifics so what did you do tell us what did
1: you do all right so i finally once i got trained and found the right laboratories and i'm one of those doctors that i can't recommend things unless i know they work either it's through my own experience or i helped the patient and they actually went through that so then i can feel like okay you know it's really i don't need a gazillion studies because i know they won't do studies on things unless it brings certain industries money so i am not like oh it's got to be like double blind and all this before i believe it seeing is believing for me and and i trust my intuition and my own experience so what i did was number one once i saw the shape of my adrenal system i could actually create a healing strategy once i received my nutrition panel and understand that, wow, I have gene issues that have my B vitamins way out of whack, my magnesium horribly low, which was explaining that after I went through menopause, I sometimes would get these extreme leg cramps in the calf that would wake me up at night. And I, if I'd gone to a regular doctor in the traditional system, they would have said, "Here take this, you have restless leg syndrome or something like that." My intuition kept telling me it's magnesium. It's magnesium. And I didn't even know there were four main types of magnesium uh, to, to be aware of. And uh, I tried to take a little magnesium citrate, but it was causing you know loose stools because I didn't know the different kinds. I was, didn't know how much to take. I didn't really understand. Because on my tests, it was saying my magnesium was low, but it was still normal. Once I was able to, number one, realize again the stress issues and fix that, look at that, give my adrenals the right nutrients, um, the right adaptogens, uh, I started learning about sleep patterns and how important that is. Then I started understanding my nutrition panel, well, it was simultaneously started realizing magnesium, what it was. As I added genomics, I realized, oh my goodness, I have a gene that is only in about 4% of the population for magnesium that you, I don't absorb magnesium well, and low estrogen makes that worse, even worse. So by fixing the estrogen, that did help tremendously. Like I'm not waking up with cramps anymore. And however, I did even the other day uh, what's called an rbc magnesium and the magnesium still isn't as efficiently getting in the cell as it should i didn't have those kinds of problems before the estrogen like my estrogen of course isn't as high as it was (laughs) when i was 30 but it's definitely in a healthy range now because it was almost zero when i started this process uh i i don't want my estrogen going like through the roof but i want it in a healthy in between you know, menopause, normal, low, um, premenopausal level. So that helps with the magnesium. And also there's topical products that can work to let the skin absorb the magnesium directly. And then there's IV therapy that can be done for magnesium if you really need it. So now, if magnesium and uh, you know is important for everything, just put it that way, and stress and cortisol is gonna be causing Thyroid problems, well, I fixed the thyroid problems. I fixed the stress problems. And the estrogen was more balanced. Estrogen is important for moisture, your skin, your hair. I did the things that would allow my system become more more balanced. Went to bed on time. As far as circadian rhythms, there's something called a happy light. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's used often in seasonal affective disorder. but And I used to have seasonal affective disorder about 30 years ago uh, because there's some genes that are tied to that too. But uh, I had worked that out over time by changing my mind because your mind can affect your epigenetics too, like your food can. Well, this happy light, if you use it, it is, let's say it's wintertime even, and you're waking up in, in terms of the time when your intestines start moving, which is like the new day, between 5 and 7 a.m. And you turn that happy light on. Once your system is in balance, it's amazing how just turning that happy light on, number one, made my intestines start moving. And I used to, you know, this is a medical show, everyone, so I'm gonna say it, I used to struggle with IBS. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but all of the things I'm telling you, right now contribute to reversing that and that bright light in the morning will start to drop the melatonin and help to bring up the serotonin and have your system moving in action it will bring up the cortisol for the day to help you to get out of bed all of this is that circadian rhythm if you can get outdoors and turn it on then, if, I mean, if you, if you can get outdoors in, in the sunlight during the day, let some light shine in, all of that helps. So
0: getting to bed on time and first thing in the morning, going outside for a little stroll, would potentially create this cascade effect. Absolutely. That would help reset so many things. And so many of us are at, at fault, right, where we stay up too late. Stay up too late. Um, yep. This device, right, this device is very yep. addictive. Yeah. And so getting into that routine so you did that you took magnesium supplements anything else any any changes in your diet
1: yes so again if it it's if you have data you can personalize it and so i do one-on-one personalized medicine with people and i'm expanding now into groups so that more people can have access so that we can go over your labs and, and in a group setting, you're looking at your own labs. You don't you're not sharing your your results, but you're understanding it. Because if your vitamin A, your vitamin C, your vitamin E, your B vitamins, your magnesium, and your nutrients are all like really low, that's affecting the whole energy system in the body. That's gonna affect how you feel. It's gonna affect your brain. Your is your B twelve really low? You can actually actually look like clinically someone with psychosis and dementia just because your b12 is too low period and so there's fixing that as you are uh, adjusting the lifestyle pieces the lifestyle pieces are very very important so like that happy light let's say in the winter time and some people's where where they live it might be freezing cold and you can't go out at five six o'clock in the morning in the dark and you know, 20 degree weather, you may not want to do that. So a happy light can be used for that purpose, but it can also just be used to consciously start training your body to wake up in the morning and get the light in the eye in the morning. In the evening, just the opposite. Turn down the overhead and the light in the house. Make it more dim. You can do your meditation, your breathing in the evening to make sure you're upregulating your relax and restore side of your uh, nervous system, the parasympathetic system. Uh, Those are habits that we have to create because, you know, frankly, a habit sometimes is to just keep working too late, Um, to be on is too late, to be on social media too late. And some of this is just um, understanding how that is working against your health and being intentional about it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. This is is incredible. Well, I'm going to see if there's other questions. So we have a question around acne. What creates acne, including in teens and adults? And what have you found as sort of a guaranteed cure-all to get rid of it? And finally, related to that, Accutane, what are your thoughts on Accutane?
1: I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of Accutane. Back in the year, back in the day, when I was trying it, it just caused a lot of uh, skin irritation and problems. Uh, I did have periods in my life of struggling, struggling with acne, so I do know this area. And looking back, and what I know now, and et cetera, the first place I would want to go is the gut, because there's a there's a definite connection between the happiness of a gut and your skin. It's tied in there. And you, if you have an imbalance in the bacteria in your gut, if you have a leaky gut, then you're going to be more likely to have skin rashes of all kinds, number one. Another thing, and this is what I truly believe, and I know in my own life I certainly experienced it, I believe there's an emotional component to acne. So when you are having turbulent emotions, maybe in fear, angry, irritable and irritability can be a problem for you know with the hormone change in women right our hormones are all over the place high low uh and it can cause inflammation in the body by the way which is causing that belly fat to increase um and i do want to say something right when i finish this ideal that i don't want to forget because it's really important to menopause is um this ideal with the skin is There's a combination of your food, your gut, your emotions, and to be very careful of your skin products because your skin is the biggest organ in your body. It's absorbing. And i become a label reader for my skin as well as my food to look for any type of, you know, if it's a bunch of words that you can barely pronounce, it's, it's not natural in the first place. So what I have done for my, Um, topical moisturizer for the most part right now is pure organic shea butter mixed 50-50 with pure raw coconut oil and take a a mixer and blend it up and whoop it up and put it in a glass container that's it cheap, pure no other chemicals
0: your skin glows so whatever you're doing is working
1: that's it and, and, you know, I turned 60 in February. Um, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> and frankly, um, along the way, you know, along the way of this transformation from the inside out and back to my high school size, you know, back to my high school weight, um, it, you know, the whole tone of my arm came back. It, it was just like not. Look at that. <laughs> Show us your arm again. But I, You know, I just want to – this is the way it was <laughs> for menopause. And I don't lift weights and everything. I don't even believe in boot camp. What I believe in is getting some aerobic exercise, using three to five-pound weights, you know, sometimes as you're moving and, you know, exercising your arms and et cetera – But the key is the inflammation. That's what I wanted to say that I wanted to make sure I mentioned too. I was getting a lot of like cellulite and and, um, fatty buildup here and fatty buildup in my body. Now again, this is, love your body, please, please love your body. Your body is a miracle. And I say the more, we we as women have to escape this nonsense about all of the standards of beauty and just find what works for you. You know, some people, some women would think like, oh, I don't want any muscle tone. Great. Fine. This is I'm not the standard of care. The standard. It's just that I'm only showing that to make the point that once I fix the system, I did reverse my aging. And aging isn't something that we're just like, oh, it's nothing we can do about it. And so chronic disease just comes because you're aging. Uh, it's, it's a combination of our habits, our foods, the toxic environment, the way we think, and all of these things that we don't know, we don't know. So we do the best we can to learn that. And inflammation is a part of stress that if you're stressing and you're worried and you have all this cortisol and epinephrine and epinephrine and these neurotransmitters flying around and you're not getting sleep and et cetera, and it's throwing off your thyroid and, and you're eating too much sugar and... What happens is, is your insulin goes up, which they don't even test for. You could be walking around pre-diabetic and not even know it. And that insulin, excessive insulin and inflammation, is the biggest source of your belly fat. And when you're, and your estrogen falling low and your progesterone low and all of their metabolism slowing down. And we're just like thinking, you know, it's just natural part of aging. Uh, not necessarily. And everybody doesn't age the same, same. I get that. Absolutely. There's a
0: question on hot flashes. What do you recommend or what have you seen actually work, especially hot flashes at night?
1: Okay. Uh, I was having them too at, at night. I never went through like a bad menopause during the day. I would get them do, during the night at, the, at 3 o'clock, 2, 3 o'clock. The number one thing, my liver needed to be cleansed you know as i did liver detox yeah taking glutathione glutathione and got that inflammation down that helped tremendously how do you take glutathione
0: i mean i've heard it's not very useful if ingested maybe sublingual but really intramuscular shots how how have you found it
1: to work and by by tracking my inflammatory markers i find that liposomal does work Liposomal. Yeah, liposomal capsule from a reputable company. Pure encapsulation. Can has you
0: recommend one? Okay, pure encapsulation. No, pure
1: encapsulation okay. or the liquid liposomal, where you just take like a teaspoon hair under, you just drop it on your tongue mm-hmm. and hold it before you swallow it. There is
0: some stuff on PubMed on that actually that the sublingual
1: works the best. I think the sublingual works the mm-hmm. best. So mm-hmm. I take both. I take a little bit of both because I actually have some genes that interfere with uh, that Reculation. as well. Yeah, I need some extra help, and we're in a really tough to right. And just take that. So yeah. why would you not do that if you can? To it's not. It's just a matter of um, I want to. There's a saying to um, something about to die as young as um, possible, meaning just just the quality of your health and your life re- resiliency. Die
0: young, right? You you're yeah. still you're not dying of disease and age right. you're still in prime of life and then one day you just go and that's how we all want to go
1: that's you that's how people i know have gone they go 20, to sleep.
0: At 90 or 80 or whatever that age
1: is exactly exactly so with the flashes number one there's that natural piece but then sometimes you might have to take an herb um no, estrovera is something with uh, metagenics that some women can use to help them in that transition of the falling hormones and causing the flashes. Uh, that's something. Progesterone, a bioidentical progesterone, uh, that is a uh, compound that can be helpful for that. And I just think it's better to have normal or postmenopausal normal progesterone levels and not to be zero. I mean, I see people coming in with like no hormones. Uh, so those are some of the things you can do for the night sweat, certainly. Meditation, calming the mind, so you're not having a racing mind. uh, is, is a type of toxin. So you you want to detox literally the liver, and you also want to detox your emotion and mind. And you also want to fix the hormones as best you you know can using data, not just wild guessing. And then you you go you go from there. You um, you have to find what's right for you too. It's not like there's some kind of standard that you are supposed to do this. But I find that most women just don't know what to do because Absolutely. it's not guided.
0: Absolutely. So and again, so night flashes is that a extremely low estrogen or is that a progesterone estrogen balance issue?
1: It can be. A, it can be both. And after menopause, uh, what can really help with that is the progesterone piece for sure it, it can, because of the GABA and the calming of the neurotransmitters in the in the mind, uh, settling down with those transmitters per se. And also, uh, it, it it's good to look at the estrogen imbalance with the progesterone as well. And, th- and there are some some situations, a small proportion of situations you want to be aware of with that estrogen. And that's what's so good about with the um, functional medicine testing is that you can actually track the three different forms of estrogen, which I call the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, in that when it breaks down, which pathway goes down, there's one pathway that can go down uh, an unfriendly pathway where if, especially if you don't have good liver function and glutathione levels can be more pot- potentially uh, threatening to DNA and, and the whole estrogen detox situation. If you are down that pathway, there are things naturally you can eat and do to block that gene pathway that goes down that pathway. Uh, So this is all about also education. It's not a one-size-fits-all. But to the degree, like in Bredesen, we talked about Alzheimer's. Having low hormones, low estrogen, low thyroid, is actually one of the categories of Alzheimer's. So you want to be aware. I mean, haven't you? You said yourself, a lot of women after menopause are getting into brain fog. That's
0: and it's a problem. If you're starting to get brain fog at 40, 45, it's a marker for deeper issues down the road and, and really should be taken seriously. And yet I think just the way our society is structured, you know, we all sort of tell ourselves that this is normal. It's sort of a normal part of aging, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, you're a great example. I'm an example that it's not. And it doesn't have to be. It's just a matter of taking charge of our lives, Dr. Ray, thank you so much again. Tell everyone where they can reach you.
1: Okay, I am located in Walnut Creek, California. I do. I've been doing telehealth before the whole virus situation as well. I have an office in Walnut Creek, but I do telehealth to Illinois. I'm going to add a couple other states to that. And uh, I do. I work as a functional medicine like, consultant to you to take you to the next level beyond where a PCP normally would you know, do their baseline checkups and emergencies and things like that. And the focus is on understanding uh, self-regulation as it relates to your mind and your emotions and having a sense of purpose and spirituality. All of that relates to our health and our body and our aging. So my website is valenciaray.com, and there are some free resources there under the resource tab that you can find on our PDFs and some videos that uh, can, you know, give you more information as well
0: wonderful well I want to thank you so much for taking the time out we're going to get this video out for those of you who are watching this make sure you get this information out to your girlfriends right this is why we're doing this we want all of us women to age gracefully and age beautifully where we're not struggling with aches and pains and mood swings and hot flashes and we're up at night and
1: Uh miserable during the day. Uh That is
0: not a reality. Don't accept it. There are doctors out there, trained physicians MDs that also practice functional medicine that can get you to have a much more wonderful, um, years in life, midlife, as they say. So with that said, thank you so much for watching. By the way, we also started a nonprofit called freemeals.org. We're feeding families in need. So if um, you're interested in getting involved, just come check out freemeals.org. Otherwise, I will see you on another podcast very soon. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. Bye now. Bye. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com.
0: Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.